Chapter 11. 11 and 12. My energy shifted so much from that little recording we just did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know. I think that was a really good warm up. It was. And then I took a, I took a hit of that caffeinated seltzer. Oh. And I'm refreshed. Mine's pretty tame. I just water and lemon. I mean, lemon is energizing. Well, should we get into the out-of-context summary points? Yes. All right. In this episode, we see up a man's dress. More than one, actually, and more than a few too many. And Nishitani's brain breaks for a second, I think. We'll look at it. We'll talk about it. And we might have picked up on some FBM potential. Jury's out on that one, but we'll talk about that, too. And let's dive in. Chapter 11. A murky riverbed. Should we summarize our first scene? Yes. Alright. So we pick up where we left off with the white suit guy knocking out Majima and carrying Makoto away while Sagawa watches from the ground after being shot in the back. Majima is captured by Sagawa and faces the fallout of his decision to turn on him. You want to give your notes first? Yeah. Is this the same location where Majima was when Sejima got kidnapped and... I don't think so. I thought it was like their corporate placement. Never mind, <laughs> their corporate torture <laughs> chamber. But on that point, he's back to being tortured. It's not the whole, you know, it's not the same level as it was, but it could have been. You know, and that's what he's risking and what he has risked for Makoto so far. And that's... I think that says a lot. Like, this man, we know, is having nightmares about this experience. And he's risking going straight back after only two years for this person he's just met. It's, again, before everything happened, we know that Sejima is probably one of the closest thing that Majima has, and he lost him. But now, to still torture, like, drawing those parallels, it kind of just indicates that how important Makoto is almost... I guess it's in a different way, but it's still that um, important person to Majima that he's willing to take another beating for. Yeah, and then you just, I don't know, unlocked something in my brain. But, I mean, he knows that she's experienced something similar to him, you know, sort of being locked away and tortured. And he knows that if he fails, either she's dead or she faces something like that again. So maybe he sees her as less deserving of that torture than him. So he's willing to to risk that happening to him in order to prevent it from happening to her. I don't know. Or maybe he just built up a pain tolerance <laughs> from last time. He only has so many <laughs> eyes they can take. What are you going to do? Take my other eye? <laughs> Famous last words. Oh, and then I, the other thing is like, Sagarwat has a lot of control over like we we see him as some old dude and just not very uh threatening but this is the first time we really see sagwa back up that that skills up like he was a yakuza any less control he probably would have smashed majima's brains to pieces with that baseball bat but no it's the first time we get to see that this guy is a lot deeper than whatever just kind of carelessness that he shows I'm sorry, what you just said, we might have to cut this out, but it's a complete opposite for what we see later with uh, another Yakuza higher-up showing less restraint. Oh no, it's not It's not a higher-up. 
But it shows another Yakuza showing less restraint. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Shoot, I can't remember. It, it involves a sledgehammer. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Like, that's someone who doesn't have the same level of, of restraint yet. So, mm -hmm. I mean, having seen that chapter already in the future... Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're going back to the future. Um, you can kind of see, like, how you become experienced in the Yakuza. I wanted to go into more detail into what we learn about Sagawa here. We get some great background into what exactly is wrong with him. Um, basically, he kills a cat. And you know, I, it was wrong, but I understand why he did it. <laughs> uh, so he, he saved a bird. And his parents, this is when he was a, a young boy, um, fed his bird to the cat. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, they did this because they basically told him no to the bird, but he kept the bird anyway. And so it was like a, a teachable moment that definitely crossed a line. And in retaliation, he kills their cat. And I think this is when we start to realize that he's a little more screwed up than he initially came across as. It seems like he definitely has... I mean, some sort of darkness in him as a child to be able to kill a cat. Getting deeper into it, I think he has, I don't know, some sort of authority issues. And now that he's in that level, that position of authority, he gets really mad when Majima turns against him. I mean, he says, I shouldn't have lied to my parents. And then also a kid can't play his parents. And we heard him say something kind of similar to Majima earlier in the game. And so, yeah, I think he definitely has his position of authority is really important to him. And when someone disrespects it, I think that sort of unscrews a screw <laughs> a little too far. But I have a question for you. Was Majima the new Mamataro, his pet bird? Because he's been trying to keep him alive. Like we discussed earlier when he pretty much knew Majima was hiding Makoto, he gave him one last chance to come clean about it. And then at the end of this chapter, at the end of this scene, he says, I'm going to kill you, but first, basically, we need to figure out who this white suit guy is. So my question is, is he the bird, <laughs> the new bird, and is he trying to keep him alive? Is he trying to prevent him from being fed to the cat, which is, in this case, Shimano? I want to say yes, but at the same time, everything... Makes you feel like no, but I just don't have reasons to back up the no part. Yeah. So. It's, see, I feel like I, I can see two possibilities mm -hmm. for the, him telling this story to Majima. And one is like, he's his new Mamataro. He's his new pet bird. He's, he likes him to a certain degree. I think we've discussed that before. He seems to kind of like Majima and doesn't really want him to die and certainly doesn't want him to defy his orders. Or... The Sagwa just see Majima as, you know, the child in this relationship and is angered when he defies him. It's almost like he has control issues, which anyone would have control issues after that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking that it's almost like he wants to either do a redo and save the bird this time. The other reason would be that he wants to prove his parents wrong and say that I want this 
bird slash Majima to succeed. Mm-hmm. And look, I can do it. It's like he he wants Majima to succeed, but only because of the control that he's had over him. But then just going back to the bird thing, when we go back to, what is it, chapter three, when we were introduced to Majima, and the chapter title is A Gilded Cage. Like, it could be a bird cage, too. Like, maybe he is Sagawa's new pet bird, and he's, hmm. you know, in one way, he's taking him in to care for him because he, you know, he doesn't have a broken wing, but he's lost an eye. So there's that parallel. He's in a gilded cage, so, you know, like a bird cage. And then he's trying to sort of nurse him back to health, you know, get him back into the Yakuza. But I don't think he wants to let go of his control over him, like you said. I think we're right in some way that Majima is the bird, but the parents is Shimano. But he knows if he does keep Majima alive enough, Shimano's going to make him kill Majima. So in a way, it's like he doesn't want to kill the bird again. But that being said, that's sort Mm -hmm. of an answer to your question that I don't know if we fully answered that you had earlier about who's giving the orders to Sagawa and all of that. And it's definitely confirmed here that it's Shimano. And Shimano gave the hit order to kill Makoto. So our next scene... Sagawa releases Majima, who heads up to the Kijin clan office to get information on Makoto and or white suit guy. Majima is unable to be anything out of them in regards to her location or who took her, but they tell him how to get into contact with Nishitani in jail. Uh, Just a quick note on him in the Kijin clan office. It seems like he's pretty Mm -hmm. smart and knowledgeable about the Yakuza. He's pretty disgusted with them for giving away Nishitani's location and how to get in contact with him so easily. And I think mm-hmm. even though he's only a few years older than Kiryu and he's been out of the family for a few years, he seems a lot older and a lot more experienced than Kiryu does. He knows more what he's doing than maybe we originally assumed. Well, it's also because he has some more of a goal in mind, though. Yeah. Because his goal is always to go back into the Yakuza, so... That's that's probably his end game versus Kiryu's just like, I just want to clear Kazama's name. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. He he definitely has more clear goals outlined. And I think, leading into my next note, I think that's why he's honest with Billiken about his relationship with Nishitani. He tells him he's my enemy, but will you take me to see him anyway? Um, And that's an interesting choice, but it's something I think we should discuss because this is... Maybe the third or fourth time we've brought up Majima being honest when it maybe wouldn't even necessarily benefit him. Like, it could hurt him being honest in multiple situations, but he continues to do that. He has a principle. We know that from the fact that he didn't just kill off Makoto without asking more questions. And I think that just really is is who he is. He's... Very clear in all his actions, and I think that's why he's so honest. It's a straight path for him. There's no point in adding flourishes or lying about things. Yeah, maybe he's just more confident in himself and in what he's doing, where he's assuming either this person's going to agree with me or they're not worth working with. But yeah, then... Okay, so... (laughs) He asks Billiken, what's your price for getting him into Sinishtani? And... Billiken responds, you know, everyone tries to solve problems with money. 
And so Majima's like, okay, well then what do you want? And then it pans to like Billiken looking Majima up and down. And then he's like, why don't you join me for a drink? And this is where I was like, is, is this some FBM potential? Full booty moment? <laughs> I think the first time I saw it, I thought they were going to... Because this is the 80s, remember? It seemed like there's a lot of... Uh, I don't know if prostitute's the right word, but it, it seemed like there was like male equivalent to that male prostitute. Gigolo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's not. he's not looking for that. But it's actually... I, you could argue even weirder th- than that. Um, he takes him on a boat that goes into the earth like an elevator. And I feel like Majima, I don't know if you agree or if you've noticed this, but I feel like he's the only character who properly reacts to anything. Like when this boat yes. starts to lower, he freaks out. He's like, what is going on? Every time he has a yeah, reaction, like seriously. that is how a normal person reacts. And I feel like he's the only one who does that. It's very true. Kiryu is so stoic, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doesn't this make you wonder, like, what kind of secret stuff is actually out there? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if something like this exists. I mean, if I was rich, I would like to build a house with all these, like, hidden tunnels and everything. That would be so cool. Dude, hide and seek. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! That would be so much fun. Okay, we're getting off topic now. Um, Before we get off the boat, there's one thing I wanted to talk about, which is Billiken's different kind of enemies insight, where he says there's the kind of enemy where you just want to kill him, and there's the kind who you might have been friends with if you met under different circumstances. And I found that to be kind of interesting. It seems more of like a a wise guy giving off good advice to a younger dude. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I think it's... More of a, a warning saying that don't misinterpret enemies for friends and friends for enemies. And I think he knows if Majima got sent to him, then it's somewhere or another he, he earned it. And I mean, I think even just the fact that Nishitani didn't kill him. So far, what we know about him, if he let Majima live, there's probably a reason why. So I think maybe Billiken's picking up on that too. Billiken brings him to the bed of sticks and kind of explains this sort of, like, frontier justice system that he has in place. Majima seems kind of disgusted with him for being a dirty cop, even though, you know, he was and wants to be in the Yakuza. Why do you think he's so bothered by a dirty cop when he is living in the shadows, like Lee put it? I don't know if Majima is a black-and-white type of guy or if he's fine with the gray area, but anyways, I think it's just more of his own principles and I don't think he likes it when people don't have their own principles. And when we learned that the girl died, um the victim was a girl who got a beating and her face was like beat up. Mm-hmm. And that's very similar to the person that they pretended was Makoto. The situations the victims are both very similar. Yeah, that is interesting because I mean we know Nishani killed the person who did that to Billiken's daughter. So you think that he would have issues with doing that to a- another woman. And yeah, they had very similar deaths. It's a good question because I would think, since he cared enough about her or about Billiken, you think that he'd have issues doing it to someone else. I think it's maybe some PTSD. Yeah. That you can't be not messed up after that. No, especially as a kid. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's an interesting parallel between him and Sagawa. They're at the same level in the Omi. Yeah. They both dealt with 
some stuff that screwed them up in their childhood. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if there's anything deeper there, except maybe that's the kind of people who end up in the Yakuza. They both like Majima. They do. They do like him. Maybe it's because he's trying to save someone, and they, instead of saving someone, killed someone in retaliation. Maybe they are drawn to him because he does what they realize they should have done. Any more notes for you in scene one? Nope. All right, so our scene two summary. Billiken brings Majima to the prison where Nishchani appears to be running the show. They fight, but then Majima starts to understand Nishchani a bit more, and he reveals that he knows who the white suit guy is. The two plan to go find him together until an ally turns on Nishtani. Where do your notes start? The first one is just a quick thank you for cutting out the scene where it um, <laughs> pans down to Nishitani's private parts. So I appreciate you cutting <laughs> still, that out. It still does a, a crotch shot, though. <laughs> yeah. But at least it's not like a full-blown or anything. That's, like, why did like why the crotch shot? We knew exactly what he was talking about. I don't want to see that. I don't think mm-hmm. you wanted to see it. I don't think anyone needed to see that. They took the time to add that in um completely unnecessary but hey we're talking about it right and adding the language to it to see um how majima affects him yeah (laughs) (laughs) he certainly has an effect uh turns him right straight back into nasty nishitani before we get too far into the scene why is there a rope tied around majima when they bring him in so that's kind of funny because in a lot of dramas that I watched growing up too of like the, not the old school, but it's set in back in like the, the ancient like Ming Dynasty or whatever. Mm-hmm. They actually did a lot of ropes with people's hands tied behind their backs. Okay. Well, for whatever reason, he gets uh, brought into the station on a rope and then released into C. Nishtani, which is when, you know, all that crotch shot stuff happens. Any uh, notes for you before the fight ends? Nope. Okay, I just have one. And this is what I was talking about in the uh, out-of-context summary about Nishani's brain breaking. We're going to watch a scene real quick. So just watch this and see if you're confused like me. It's like a headshot. That smarts? Did you see what he said? I I think it should be singular. I don't think... Yeah, so that's my question. So Majima dodges Nishani, who's like trying to stab him. And instead, he stabs the wall, and Majima slams Nishitani's head into the, like, butt of the blade. And then Nishitani's like, that's smart, Majima. And so, I'm just confused what, like, what's happening here. Here are the three options I'm seeing, either. Is he supposed to be disoriented after hitting his head like that, and now he's just misspeaking? So, like, his brain is broken? Or is he just, like talking like a baby baby talk just being kind of like mocking and but like calling the move smart like hey that was pretty smart what you did or is it just a typo and it's supposed to be that was smart or that hurts i think the s should have been under that's not smart (laughs) i think it's a typo because he likes pain i think he likes getting to fight with majima someone he admires he definitely likes getting hurt and so I think he, that's why he's saying that's smart, and he's totally okay with getting his head bashed into the wall. I think he, yeah, he is impressed with the move, and he's either like, yeah, that was smart, or, I mean, I don't know, all of them make sense to me. 
I want to think it's a typo, but at the same time, Nishitani's character is weird enough to actually talk like that on purpose. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think we'll ever know unless somehow RGG sees this or hears this and gives us a definitive answer. Was it a typo or is Nishitani brain damaged now or is he just talking like an idiot because that's what he does? So after they fight, they start talking. And Nishitani asks Majima to ditch Sagawa and work for him. And this is when he sort of opens up to Majima and gives him some more information. He is not working with White Sukai, but he thinks he knows who he is, which is the president of the Nikio Consortium, whose name is Sarah. And he reveals that they report directly to the Tojo clan. He tells him that there are less Yakuza, more CIA. So do you remember earlier when we were confused that there's Sagawa who's in the Omi and Nishitani who's in the Omi and they're both going after Makoto? This is when Nishitani sort of drops a bomb. He reveals that he was hired by Shibusawa. The Omi isn't even after her. It's all Tojo using them or hiring them to get to her. There's uh, Shimano slash Sagawa. There's Shibusawa slash Nishitani. And then there's Sarah slash whoever, which based on the last chapter, we can assume Tachibana. So that sort of clears up a little bit of confusion. But then there's a line that Majima says, I couldn't kill Makoto and that means I've got responsibility for her being alive and for letting her live a real life. If that's not love, what would you call it? (laughs) Guilt. (laughs) Regret. (laughs) I'm just kidding. The skeptic in you says that. <laughs> I have we have to argue at some point. I don't I don't argue with you here. Um I mean he definitely cares about her. But he does. He also just feels responsible for her. It makes sense because if it wasn't for him, I mean Lee wouldn't die and Lee would be protecting Makoto right now. Yeah. I mean everything, everyone who's died up to this point, kind of because of his actions, so Not only is he responsible for keeping Makoto alive, but he's responsible for having a reason for Lee to die, for him to not die in vain, which isn't necessarily fair, but I could see how he would see it that way. So, Bulikin gets stabbed in the back, and I thought, drawing some parallel with Lee dying when the other Chinese person brought the... It's almost like you get stabbed in the back by people you trust. One was shot. Uh, literally from the back, uh, yeah. but it, it was just some some observations that just wanted to kind of point out. I think it just shows the value of money. We know that um, the doctor took money to betray Lee, and we know that the cop took money. He says that they, and then he mentioned someone from Tokyo, who paid him, I don't know, what was it, like a hundred times? It was something ridiculous, more what Billiken has been paying him. So yeah, both times people turned on someone for money. But it's so funny that he dies getting shot like what once in the back and Nishitani takes so many more bullets than <laughs> So Nishitani gets shot. He has kind of some last words for Majima which are blaze your own path on your own terms. And this will one hundred percent stick with Majima I think for the rest of his life, but certainly as he is developing his new persona So now we have two, possibly three, so longs. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll decide each one. Are they a so long mother or specter? 
or a so long mother <laughs> first up nishtani oh this one what do you rate him as his willingness to help majima really taps into the respecter side but in general how he treats women i just cannot get over that and and, and his language and everything i think he's a he's a so long mother i mean not even just women but majima too he <laughs> made it pretty plain what was happening uh, uh to to him to his body <laughs> When Machi was around. So yes, I think he's very, he's disgusting. Uh, he's gross. He's nasty Nishtani. But I do think that there's more to him than we see on the surface. And I think that maybe if we got to see more of that, if we got to know him more, he would perhaps venture more into the mother specter side. He sort of starts to turn around when he, you know, protects and kind of sacrifices himself for Majima so that he's able to get away. And even just accepting his death, he said dying early is part of the gig. I guess it could just be a deathbed thing, but he sort of changes personality a little bit here. When I try to think of a metaphor for him, he's sort of like a lake or a river where there's lots of rapids on the surface, but then maybe once you get deep enough, like the water's really calm. Mm -hmm. And so he's really rooted in his beliefs and who he is and all that sort of like Majima is. But he's just weird and gross and needs to go to, like, I don't know, some sort of therapist. He has some issues. <laughs> he does. Um, some addictions, perhaps. But, I mean, yeah, I think he he starts to redeem himself. And I think we see more of who he truly is, but we don't fully get to get to know his character. So I think as we know him, it's so long, mother... Mm -hmm. But I think if we truly got to know him longer, I think he would have eventually redeemed himself to be a mother respecter. I agree. Well, shall we move on to Billiken? Yes. What are your thoughts on him? I think he his willingness to help Majima and his pain that everything he's gone through. I mean, yes, he's not the cleanest cop on the block. <laughs> but I think he's a solo mother respecter. Agreed. I think he he's a really conf character. He's doing wrong by most standards, but still handing out judgment that may very well be deserved. And I mean, honestly, since we've known his character, what bad have we really seen him do? Mm -hmm. You know, besides just the fighting ring, but you can make the argument that, like, that's deserved, that's keeping the streets safer. So yeah, I don't know that we've... I mean, clearly this is a quick character. But yeah, I think he, he's definitely more on the mother-respecter side of things. Last but not least... <laughs> We have the cop, and I have I have an issue with him. Number one, could he really not just go find some more bullets around the corner? R are we not in a police station? Yes. He just let Nishtani's like zombie walk over to him. By the way, we don't know that he's dead. Yeah. But I'm gonna assume Nishtani bit his throat out and he's dead. <laughs> what full zombie mode? Yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah, could he not just go find more bullets? I don't understand that. But also. He tainted tea. He lured Billiken to his death by saying, hey, I'll make some tea for us. You know how I like tea. <laughs> he tainted it. And I, I, for that, I'm going to put him in the mother <laughs> category. I agree with you. There's, there's, there's no way he can make it into the mother respecter category. You could make the argument, okay, he's just trying to get money, put his daughter in school. But at what cost? Yeah, right? At the cost of 
like someone else's life. Like, how can you live with yourself? How could she accept that the only reason why she's going to college is because some, I don't know if I would say innocent, but some man died for that cause. Two. Yeah. Two men died. And he might even be dead. So what's the point? He probably never got that money that right? whatever Tokyo suit yeah. paid him out. You probably never got that money. Just like that doctor. We don't know he's dead, but I'm pretty sure he's dead. There's no way Nishitani would let him live. No way. After getting shot, what, mm-hmm. like four or five times? He's like, no, exactly. <laughs> you're going with me. So I actually like Nishitani more than I like the cop, if I'm being honest. I agree there. I think Nishitani had a lot, many more redeeming factors. Yes, he had more redeeming factors and a crippling addiction. <laughs> yes. But that that's all my notes on the chapter. Any like lookbacks for you on a murky riverbed? That's all my notes. All right. Now we are on to chapter 12, Den of Desires. So opening scene summary. Majima is running through the streets of Sotenbori when Sago appears in his path. As he asserts dominance over Majima, Sagawa forces him to give up the new information he has gained from Nishitani. Sagawa accompanies Majima to Camellia Grove. So, similar to what we just talked about, how Sagawa is very protective, in a way, of Majima, you see this again where he's just very, very controlling, very dominant, and you would think that he's just so uncertain about himself that he he needs to have that control and everything. I mean, the neck grab. Mm-hmm. Sagawa, oh my goodness. Like, I just, I, especially after this scene and the last scene, I really like Sagawa as a villain. You know, I feel like Kuza gets a lot of attention just because he's, I don't know, maybe a little more comical. Mm-hmm. But I think Sagawa is just a more compelling bad guy. Sagawa is the villain. Yeah. Sagawa's the type of villain where you don't see it coming, that you think he's your friend, just like the whole different types of enemy. You think he's your friend, but he's very selfish because he probably has his own agenda. And so I think he's a good villain because he's unpredictable. Exactly. He's sort of like almost trying to be friends with Majima when we first meet him. And now he's got him by a throat and Majima's a hair away from being murdered in a public restroom. Like, their dynamic mm-hmm. has shifted for sure. Majima's just really pressing his luck with Sagawa now. And Sagawa's just like, he's done. He's over it. Mm-hmm. But also, I just wanted to mention, I feel like this is at least the second time a scene has opened for Majima with him running through the city, gasping for air. He's just desperate. We've talked about it, like, outrunning the clock for both both storylines. But you actually see him running against the clock and compared to the first time we see him running which i think is with makoto he still has Mm -hmm. breathing room he can still run away but he can't like he literally can't run away anymore he tries to run this time and lands right into sagawa's path sagawa says that they're gonna go to camellia grove but only with majima on a leash she calls him a dog again here and then yeah in the car what's majima's reaction is he seeing outside of sotenbori for the first time it's a look of, like, it's pity that the first time he gets to be released from his jail, you would think that it means he's being released, but he's still chained. So mm-hmm. it, it's, like, a pity that I get to see something so beautiful, yet it sucks because of how I'm able to see it. It's because I'm still on a leash. He seems, I don't know, kind of surprised or, like, amazed at whatever, you know, he's saying across the bridge. But then Sagwa sees him react and sort of does, like, a little, like, 
sly smirk to himself. And this is almost like, okay, does he still like Majima? Is he happy that Majima gets to see outside his cage? All right, so next scene summary. Majima and Sagawa arrive at Camilla Grove and split up in the Benton Inn to find Makoto. Majima fights his way through the inn, eventually running into Sarah, who says Makoto is now in the care of a colleague. Sagawa shows up and shoots Sarah in the back, returning the favor from earlier. He grabs a business card from Sarah's pocket, revealing that Kiryu is now in possession of Makoto. But I want to skip to the end with Sagawa shooting Sarah in the back. I think Sagawa was planning to do this the whole time, to kind of, you know, return the favor and shoot Sarah in the back after Sarah shot him in the back. And I think that his little, like, combo play comment to Majima, I think he was just being cheesy because he had to have overheard some of Majima and Sarah's conversation because he knew to find the business card in Sarah's pocket. So I think he was just hiding in the background, waiting for the moment where he could shoot him in the back. He is that (laughs) conceited to do that. And I think that's exactly what he did. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think Saigo was very vengeful. And I think he probably saw his chance he could have shot him at any point and everything, like from even from long distance. Sarah says to Majima, I can see why you're one of Shiwano's favorites. So maybe this is why Majima hasn't been killed yet. Maybe Shiwano still is holding on to some sort of, I don't know, potential that he sees in Majima. So there's still a little bit of insight there. Maybe all of this has been as simple as he just likes him. Maybe there's nothing involving his butt. But, you know, I, don't, I still stand by my analysis of that scene. Um, just real quick before we get too far into the Sarah conversation. When Majima's fighting through the inn, what are these guys dressed as ladies? What's going on? <laughs> what are they doing? It's a trap. Why are there so many of them? And yeah, when they fly backwards, we see like a little too much. They could have picked a different color for their underwear thingies. No, they picked like flesh tones. You could have chosen green. It, I think it's one. <laughs> they don't have enough females that want to participate in living there. And so they had volunteers. And so they, they had a cross dress. But two, I think it's also a trap thinking that they decide to have guys pretend like girls. Because whoever is trying to go through, they're trying to fight them. They might think that, oh, they're going to be weak and like, whoop, I am. I'm a guy and I'm going to kick your butt. I could see that, except that they're so very clearly men. I mean, if you're drunk and you can't tell. That's true. Uh, anyway, I, it's weird. I don't I don't know what's going on. Nishani would like it, I think, a lot. I think he would. It's too bad he couldn't go with Majima. <laughs> yeah, Nishitani would like anything. So I just want to talk about Sarah trying to figure out Majima's motives. He's aware of all the players that are after Makoto, and that everyone is pretty much operating exactly as he would expect them to except for Majima and he asked like is he just trying to cash in for himself but that can't be it because you still don't know what she's worth oh so that's when he asks you didn't fall in love with her did you does he respond I think he says like you you don't know me or something he doesn't confirm or deny it maybe up until this point I mean so much has been going on he's barely like been able to blink maybe he hasn't even realized that he's catching feelings until this moment I agree. I think it's the first time someone asked him to think deeper about his relationship with uh, Makoto. Yeah, and even just why he's doing what he's doing. But then Majima learns that Makoto inherited the empty lot worth a billion yen. 
And so that explains a lot. You know, she was willed the deed. That's why she didn't know why anyone was after her. Sarah goes on to promise Majima that the two of them are not enemies. And he gives Majima a choice to shoot him or not shoot him. Basically, if he shoots him, he can have the location of Makoto. And if he doesn't, he's trusting her to Sarah's care. Majima says, like, he needs to go to Kamurocho to help protect Makoto. Sarah's, like, he seems pretty wise. And I think since he Mm kind of knows the situation for more of, like, a bird's eye view, he's more insightful. So he kind of responds, you know, even if going places her in greater danger, because he knows that Sagawa is going to go with Majima and that he's trying to kill her. And Majima decides to trust him. But this is when Sagawa comes from behind and shoots him in the back. So my last note, Sagawa takes a business card and says, we're going to Kamurocho. And this is when I feel like Sagawa's kind of weird, <laughs> a new kind of weird. He's getting like happy, excited, crazy. It's a weird emotion. And his attitude has changed just a lot since the start of the game. Uh, putting it bluntly, he seems insane now. I think he's always been insane that he just masked it really well in the beginning. Yeah. I think he's just revealing his real true colors. Is it because he's losing control that now lack of control over the situation means lack of control over himself? We're pretty sure, based off of the bird story, that this man likes control. So yeah, maybe him, you know, getting this win and even returning the, the bullet in the back to Sarah. It just gets him going. He's excited. This is the control that he lives for. And he just can't contain it anymore. His insanity is just starting to come out. I don't think so. I think it's the other way that the closer he's getting to where he is, the less he's caring about how he looks. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's the lack of control. I think it's that he knows he's getting close to what he wants. Mm. And I don't care who's going to witness this because everyone else is probably going to die. But yeah, this whole chapter, though, I feel like we've seen a real frightening shift in his character from him torturing Majima and learning about his, you know, past as a cat killer to just the brute force he uses on Majima when he finds that finds out that he left town. And then when you combine that with his reaction here, and then the potential that he shot Sarah in the back out of revenge, he's losing his cool demeanor, kind of like you said. That, but it also reminds me of those, like, Disney movies where the villain slowly starts to reveal more and more of himself or herself. It's very similar to Sagawa that you get to see his true colors and his his persona start to come out more. Yeah. And I even feel like Majima's kind of weirded out by him in this final scene. I think he's shocked. Yeah. I think he's shocked that Sagawa would shoot him because I don't think he's seen Sagawa kill. Like, he's heard of him. Yeah. But I think this is the first time where Majima finally realizes that it went from threatening Majima multiple times once in the bathroom and once with the baseball bat to I watched you nearly kill someone with a gun. So I think it's also starting to sink in for Majima. I think I think the question is, from Majima's point of view, did he just shoot him in the back out of revenge or was it necessary? I think it was just part of him being a bit of a psycho. And it's a good way to warn Majima of don't don't mess with me yeah i think it's even just like you just shot a guy he's laying on the ground here bleeding out and you're like happy (laughs) it's just weird it's a weird reaction he gave no thought no hesitation it doesn't bother him in the least and i think majima's noticing that 
he's coming unraveled. I think that's the best description that I can say for it. But his character has certainly shifted since the start of the game. It's all my notes. Anything else for you? It's all my notes, too. So we'll post chapters 13 and 14 gameplay on the YouTube channel. And next week, we'll do episode 7, discussing those chapters. We're almost there. 17 chapters. Just a few more to go. And it's going to get crazier. <laughs> it's going to get crazier. So on one form voice recorder. Three, two, one.